Hello, everyone. Welcome to a discussion on the otaku identity crisis. My name is Cecilia, and I'm the founder of Jesus Otaku, an anime outreach ministry at a Salback Church in Southern California. Our purpose is to creatively model the love of Jesus to bring otaku and the church together. Before we start, I want to let you know that we will be covering some heavy topics. You're going to hear some testimonies involving gender dysphoria, um, and I ask that you please do not use these testimonies as talking points in any discussion with a transgendered or non-binary person. Everyone's experience is unique, and so we need to listen with compassion and love unconditionally. Um, since Jesus Otaku was founded in around 2013, we have um, learned a lot about the otaku identity crisis which is to say um, where identity is primarily based around identity as an otaku or as identity as a cosplayer. And we've had to navigate some of, of the things that surround that. In a study um, exploring how people would rate their personalities, it was found that having cosplayers rate their personality in and out of costume could lead to different results. Cosplay is powerful. Uh, we get to dress up and connect with the characters that we love, that we identify with. Um, we get to connect with other fans. It's this amazing performative art. Uh, but there is a subtle, a subtle temptation that we may not recognize. This discussion is just as much for uh, Christians cosplaying as it is for how to understand the cosplayers you interact with in your outreach. There is a subtle temptation of cosplay. It is the fact that you can feel known without actually being known. So think about it. You dress up as a character. Um, that you may feel like you connect with on some level, you like them, maybe they're the idealized version of yourself. You go to an anime convention, and then people call you by that character's name and react to you with the same love as they have for the character. And you are stepping into that relationship that person has with that fictional character. Um, and so therefore you, you feel known without being known and you go throughout the convention, but no one ever calls you by your name. They call you by the character's name and you feel good. You're that character for that day. You're powerful. You're confident. You're beautiful. You're amazing. And people tell you that. And then the convention ends. You take off the costume. You go back to your life. You go back to your relationships or your lack thereof. And people don't treat you like they did at the convention. How could they? The people at the convention were treating you like the character that you were cosplaying. Cosplay is awesome, but this is, this is a side of it that we don't talk about. Um, where it becomes an idol and people derive self-worth from their cosplay. 
Uh, they base their identity around their cosplay. And thinking about how infrequently conventions happen and how there's this suspended community where you only get community two or three days, maybe twice a year, it's, it's heartbreaking. Today we're going to hear some testimonies. The first one is going to be from my little sister, Megan. I'm just so happy that she could join us today and share her testimony about how cosplay has impacted her life. Hi, Meg. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So um, you're here today to talk a little bit about your experiences as a cosplayer. Uh, how old were you when you started cosplaying? So my first cosplay, I think I was 14 years old. I cosplayed Maylin from Cardcaptor Sakura. What was it like the first time you cosplayed at a convention? Cosplay was like a challenging creative outlet. Like at the time, I asked my mom for help and she was like, no, that's too hard. You can't do it. So it became more of like a challenge. Like I am taking this on. I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure this out on my own. And that whole process of like trying to figure out how to do things was really fun. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, cosplaying a character that, that I admire or like I relate to, it could definitely inspire confidence. Um, and then dressing up in just something cool looking, you know, that you wouldn't normally wear is just fun. Why did you pick Maylin? It was doable. Like I didn't really know what I was doing with cosplay. So her outfit seemed, seemed feasible. And she had the same hair color that I have. So it was like easier that way. Um, and she's just like a spunky, fun character. So did you feel like you related to her character? Yeah. It just felt more, like, feasible <laughs> to cosplay Maylin. And then she also wasn't as commonly cosplayed. So I felt like I could stand out a little bit more. So when you say you wanted to stand out a bit more, um, can you talk more about that and how... Did that influence you as you continued to cosplay? Yeah, there were definitely times when, you know, it became a little less about like, oh, finding a character that I really like and relate to and admire and think is cool. It, it was also like my decisions were very practical. Of like, can I actually make this? Is, you know, will this, does this character kind of match what I look like? Um, are there going to be a lot of other people also dressed as the same character? I wanted to stand out as like this, not as popular character, but everybody knew who they were. So what other characters have you cosplayed? After Maylin, I cosplayed Uduru from Bleach, who was like super, super minor character. Um, but Bleach was really, really popular. So I thought, well, you know, this character matches my body type, and everyone knows who she is, but people are probably not going to cosplay her. And then I also cosplayed Hatsuharu from Brute's Basket. I think the next cosplay I did was Kasumi from Mass Effect. I started cosplaying when I was really young, but I haven't really done it regularly. What do you think is the best thing about cosplay and the worst thing about cosplay? I think that some of the best things about cosplay is just that it's fun, you know, it's, it's a creative challenge and you can connect with fellow fans really easily. But the worst thing is definitely um, the way people judge and the way that they 
just make thoughtless and insensitive comments. People who make mean comments have insecurities themselves and they, they try to cover it up by by saying mean things about other people. It's sad and unfortunate, but what we really need to do is have compassion and forgive them. And I really like what Phil Mizuno said when he did his panel for Anime Expo Light. You know, he did like a Q&A with Yaya Han and they were asked, you know, what do you do about all the haters? And, and he talked about that, that, you know, those people who say mean things, they are hurting themselves. He tries to respond to them with kindness. And he'll look at their profiles or something, and he will try to find something nice to say to them. And I thought that was really inspiring and amazing, you know, because it's so easy to just write people off and say, like, you know, just, just ignore them. Don't even bother with them. You know, don't feed the trolls. Um, but taking the effort to go and, and show love and, and kindness and forgiveness to people, I think is really, really powerful. I mean, I don't even know what his faith background looks like, but it's, it's a very godly thing to do. Looking back, how do you think cosplay impacted your sense of identity? Like most teens, I definitely had a lot of insecurities about myself, about my body. Um, I'm very petite, and even now, you know, I still struggle with feeling like I just, I can't cosplay certain characters because, you know, I'm, I'm not curvy enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not whatever enough. Um, and that sucks. But with Fruits Basket, the, the remake airing right now, I kind of was reminded a little bit more of, like, what headspace what I was in at that time. I actually really related to another character in Fruits Basket. Incidentally, Atsuhara's girlfriend. Um, I really related with her backstory, um, but I didn't feel like I could cosplay her because she is more curvy than I am. And nobody would recognize me because she's got really normal clothes. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I could just, I could just cosplay Haru, you know, I'll just, it's, it's easy for me to pass as a guy character. I, I felt like, oh, I could, I could kind of go down that route of just cross-playing all the time because it's easy for me. Um, or I could just lean into that, that idea of I'm the small, cute one, um, which I, I ended up getting into Lolita fashion. Um, which really played into that idea. Looking back, I think if I had continued down that route of cross-playing, then it definitely would have affected my perception of gender. Thank you for sharing. Other than people, you know, out external judging, do you feel like there's a lot going on internally as well? Even as I was kind of recounting my own experience, I told myself I couldn't cosplay. I, I had in my mind that it's just, there's there's no question I cannot cosplay certain characters because my body type doesn't match theirs. And I don't want to embarrass myself or I don't want to put myself out there to be susceptible to people making mean comments about me. Have you, have you had a mean comment made about you? 
um, yeah. in cosplay? Yeah, I have. Um, the last cosplay that I really felt the joy of creating um, was Kasumi from Mass Effect. I put in so much effort into this costume. It's really hard to wear, too. Um, and I wore it a couple times. And the last time I wore it um, was at WonderCon. After the event, looking up to see like if anyone posted photos of my, my cosplay. And one of the comments that I saw was that someone said that I look like a man. And that just was so hurtful that I never wore it again. Oh, and, sorry to hear. Uh, you know, now I'm realizing upon reflecting that it it really took a lot of the joy of cosplaying away for me. Now that I've, you know, done all this self-reflection and kind of worked on processing all these feelings that I have, I I want to regain that that joy that I had. I'm so sorry you went through that. Virtual hugs. Do you think there is a trade-off to being a better cosplayer? Being a better cosplayer, I think, can very easily turn into rejecting our desires or, you know, the way that our, that we're made by God um, in favor of leveraging what will be viewed as more accurate or more popular. You know, cosplay is, is at its core, it's a fun hobby, it's a creative outlet but it can so easily get bogged down by, um, by our own perceptions of ourselves or that fear and of, of other people's perceptions. Um, and you know, while I am kind of more at peace with accepting who I am and how God made me to be, I, I still struggle with it. I mean, it, it's something that I think will never totally go away. And I realized that because of those hurts that I experienced, I, I haven't really fully enjoyed creating cosplay or cosplaying the way that I used to when I first started. And that's really sad. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of created all these excuses like, oh, I'm busy or I can't because of work. But it, it really wasn't because of those things. It was because of... of Fear, fear of getting hurt again, and I don't like that. You know, I don't, I don't want to let other people. Well, I don't even know have that kind of control over me. So, what do you think are some of the common hurts of cosplayers? Body image insecurities, um, and that ties into gender identity. I think it's very easy, in particular, for women to reject themselves, how God made them, in favor of crossplay. I consciously thought about that as a teenager, that I could maybe, if I chose to, I could be praised as cosplaying a pretty boy more than, rather than being judged for not being enough for cosplaying a female character. What do you think that we should do as Christians to show love towards cosplayers and serve their needs? Recognizing everyone that you can and acknowledging them, you know, no matter what their cosplay looks like. Like if you're at a booth and people are coming up, I mean, just, just acknowledging that people are in cosplay um, 
I think it really can go very far, you know, or, or just engaging with them, even if you don't know who they're cosplaying, have that conversation and, and connect with them. See them for who they are, not mm -hmm. what they're dressed as. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else that you'd want to say to um, Christians who are either getting into cosplay to do outreach or just outreaching and engaging with cosplayers? Like any advice? I think for people who are getting into cosplay, uh, definitely prayerfully consider throughout the whole process who it is that you want to cosplay and why. Um, and just really do those heart checks with God to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons or you're choosing the, that to cosplay that character for the right reasons. You know, like I said earlier, there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with cosplay. There's nothing inherently wrong with crossplay. Um, it's when it's damaging for our souls, I want to say, that it is problematic. You know, it, it's just like, there's nothing inherently wrong with alcohol, but some people are more susceptible to being alcoholic, so they just need to, like, flat out avoid it. But, you know, other people, they, they can have a drink or two here and then. And, and I think that same, like, approach applies to everything um, in life, including cosplay. Wow, good advice. Thank you so much um, for sharing your cosplay testimony with us today um and we'll do cosplay together in the future i look forward to that so thank you so much for having me and including me in in this in this panel i feel like being able to kind of self-reflect on all these topics and feelings was very much a healing process for me so i really appreciate it um, I hope that my story is able to help other people. And if anyone has any questions, you know, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or something. <laughs> the next person we're going to hear from is Becca, who I've known since she was 15. Her experiences are so valuable for people who want to do outreach in the otaku community. Hi, Becca. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. So, how old were you when you first started cosplaying, and who was your first character that you cosplayed? I believe 15, 14 or 15, and it was actually uh, Kyoya from Fruits Basket. What made you decide to cosplay Kyoya? I decided on Kyoya because it was a lot harder to make the female costume for Fruits Basket, because I wanted to cosplay Toru. And Kyoya was my second favorite uh, character. So when you say that uh, Toru was hard to cosplay, mm -hmm. what, what made Toru harder to cosplay? Um, materials, honestly. Mm. Um, I really did enjoy Toru as a character because she was so strong and so kind. And, but there was still deep hurt in her, so I really related to her. Uh, I also related to Kyo because... Um, he had a lot of hurt in his family life, as well as me at the time. And so it was easy to relate to him in that way as well. And plus, I just thought he was cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good reason. 
What other characters have you cosplayed? Uh, Hinata from Naruto. I've done some steampunk Lolita with you and Megan. Um, I've done some more Lolita just because I thought the style was cute. A lot of characters from Naruto, um, I'm a big fan of that. And that was like my main fandom growing up. So we lost touch when you got married mm -hmm. um, for a few years. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that time of your life? During that time of my life, I was married for about four years. And during that time, I had a lot of um, issues with identity because uh, my ex was verbally abusive and talked a lot about how I was too tall and too wide and this and that. I was very ma manly and so I should only cosplay manly characters. Uh, there was a lot that went on with that that kind of threw me into a feeling of being able to hide in my male cosplays. So as you started cosplaying more and as the years went by, you felt like you could only care cosplay male characters is that what you're saying yeah it was definitely that because again i grew up also struggling with same-sex attraction so i'd be considered bisexual like men and women um that's a whole other story but so when i did cosplay as guys and i got that same positive reaction from the girls around that i wasn't getting from my husband it was confirming it felt good and so I slowly kept slipping into more masculine traits and uh, barring myself from wanting to feel feminine. So fast forward to 2014, mm -hmm. we haven't seen each other a few years um, and I, Jesus Otaku has started and I invite you to go hang out with Jesus Otaku. <laughs> what, <laughs> talk about that for a bit. <laughs> uh, so that first time I met you guys, I was just coming out of the divorce um, with a lot of bad stuff happening. And I was not okay with the church. And so I thought, hey, she wants me to meet her church friends. I'm going to show them. And I put on bright red contacts and a bright pink wig. Lighter than this, but still bright. And I went in being like, ha, huh, watch them accept me now. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, where did you get your contacts? Where did you get your wig? You look so cool. And my brain was just like, what? No, this this isn't how church people work. And you wound up coming with Jesus Otaku to an anime convention. Yes. And you brought two cosplays. Mm -hmm. I, I came with Megan, actually, because I wasn't sure if I really wanted to be in the church again. And so I came with her as an assistant. And so I had brought two cosplays. I brought a gender-bent uh, Nagisa from Free. And I really just wanted to wear my Kabuto cosplay because at that point, my male cosplays were my safety blanket. But you and Megan encouraged me to wear my, my female cosplay. And I wore it. Three people had said how good it looked and how cute I looked. And it felt, again, confirming. It felt like, oh, I'm okay to wear this kind of stuff. I can be feminine. I can be cute. I can be sweet. What was it that made you think that you couldn't cosplay certain female characters i'm almost six feet tall and i'm very broad uh and i tended to struggle from a young age with body dysmorphia which made me feel even bigger than i actually was and when you see an female anime characters they're all very cute and small and petite and tiny and i wanted to be that so badly and i knew i couldn't 
So did you um, feel a fear of being rejected if you tried to cosplay those yes. female characters? Yes, because I actually had been a couple times that I'm not skinny enough or I'm not short enough or I'm not small chested enough. Did people actually say that to you? Yeah, one of them being my best friend and my now ex-husband. That must have been really painful. It was, and it's still something I'm um, learning to deal with today. Recently, you told me about how um, someone suggested you cosplay a certain character from Critical Role. Yeah, it was Yasha. Um, Yasha is a barbarian. She's strong and beautiful, but all my brain went to was tall, broad, and barbarian. And in my mind, it, it triggered those feelings of dysphoria, feeling too big. When you met Jesus Otaku, you had pretty much rejected your feminine gender identity. What was it um, about Jesus Otaku that helped you feel comfortable re-exploring that side of yourself? was actually the ladies themselves because no one ever made me feel like I had to be feminine. They helped me celebrate who I was. Not feminine nor masculine, but me. Um, They helped me explore the fact that just because I was tall didn't mean I wasn't beautiful. The guys, in a way, helped me feel comfortable expressing my femininity, whereas the girls helped me build that up in a way that wasn't toxic. Can you describe like how it feels to be in cosplay and then get complimented? It's it's a high. It's a hit of um, good brain chemicals. Being able to be complimented for all that work is good, but then it also feeds into the, I look cool, I look awesome, and it is, it's almost like a high. And I can tell you right now, sometimes when I would put a lot of work into something and got little to no recognition for it, it hurt. Because it was my art on my body, And it sucked. (laughs) So it felt like more of a personal thing, and it really wasn't. Do you think there are things that people sacrifice to become a better cosplayer and not realize it? Yes. There was a time when I got really sick and lost a ton of weight. And I was desperate to keep off that weight. And so I started eating unhealthily. Because I'm like, oh, if I do this, I'll look better in cosplay. Or it's even on the emotional side as if... Uh, I'm going to cosplay more popular characters because they're going to get more attention rather than cosplaying the characters that you really um, look up to or identify with in a healthier way. So some, some of the bad things are uh, you can be put yourself under a time crunch to get things ready and you can actually lose yourself in that character. A lot of their personality traits can seep into your life and take you over instead of you exploring your own personality because for me I started at a young age so that's kind of what happened with me as well some of the good things are is you have a community and people that will rally around you and love on you and that's an amazing thing Um, other things is it brings out your creativity it brings out skills you never knew you had like making weapons or sewing clothes and those are things that can actually help in the long run what do you think are some common hurts in the cosplay community being rejected by family and friends, not purely because of cosplay, but just everyday things. And so we go to conventions to find that community and connection 
but we also get that loss once we come home. So it, it deepens that hurt a little bit. Um, another big hurt is not knowing who we really are and trying to find ourselves within this series. What do you think that we as Christians should do to show love and serve the cosplay community? The biggest thing that helped me was people listening to my story and not trying to change me, but just putting love in my life so I felt free enough to change myself. That's a tricky one because everyone has their own hurts. Um, one thing is don't point out anything that's inaccurate to the cosplay because some people don't either have the money or the time. What are some things to keep in mind to avoid possibly triggering an like an emotional hurt that someone a cosplayer might have? So trying to stay away from inaccuracies and just complimenting the hard work you can see that they put into it is always good. That's good. Um, is there anything that you would want to say to either Christians who are just getting into cosplay or, or Christians who are using cosplay in their outreach or who are interacting with cosplayers? Yes. Enjoy what you do. Because when you enjoy what you're doing, other cosplayers, even outside the Christian community, can see that and they're drawn to that. And that, that's what makes them want to come talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing today, Becca. Originally, I'd planned to share a little bit of my testimony as well, but we're running short on time. But these stories are not unique. Um, I went through my own struggles uh, with identity and cosplay and using my cosplay persona as a crutch uh, for confidence. Some things that we can do as we outreach towards the cosplay community are to compliment people when they're out of cosplay. Uh, one really big thing that you can do at conventions to acknowledge a person is to ask them what their name is. Thank you so much for joining this discussion. I look forward to the conversations we'll be having.